Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Stream. Where are they? This Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. This, of course, is the subscriber episode of the podcast. I would like to open up by saying thank you once again for wanting extra content and being willing to pay the extra for it. It's only a dollar a month. It's not that big. Yeah, well, it's still a dollar. You still did it. And for that, I am grateful. We're actually going to split this episode very uniquely. Because even though this is extra content intended for... Those of you willing to pay the extra. We're going to do things a little differently today. All right. A little bit of behind the scenes here. I am recording this actually... The day after I recorded the Made Eagle Eyes on Tech on Twitch. Okay. It, it is actually Sunday. It is actually even 10.30 in the morning. Here is my plan. I am going to tackle the five stories we didn't get to on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Then in the second half... I want to take my sweet, sweet time and break down in excruciating detail the letter from Square Enix. Because between yesterday when I talked about it for 20 minutes and now some details about the letter have slipped my radar because, well, guess what? It turns out that quickly going over it and then trying to scrunch all of it within 20 minutes is very, very difficult. And although I got a good chunk out of it, well, there's a lot of it that uh, got overlooked. And I want to go over that and actually break down in great detail and the various terms as to what is a buzzword, what is a concept, and why all of this is bad. All right. First things first, though, AMD is working on a new version of super resolution. They are calling it RSR or Radeon super resolution, as opposed to Fidelity FX super resolution or FSR. The goal is with this version of it is to have it work on nearly all games. Now, here's the first thing that stands out. We're already changing the name. Already it's now RSR instead of FSR. Is there going to be that much of a change? And, you know, at the same time, this kind of news is going to get lost in the weeds for one primary reason. No one can get a hold of new GPUs. The overwhelming majority of people right now are using whatever they can get their hands on and trying to just make do. Especially when brand new AMD GPUs are costing over 100% of their intended price. 
gamers are not too enthusiastic about that. The chip shortage will eventually end, of course. It's a matter of time. But until then, it's hard for us to get excited about these features when we can't use them. And especially when, you know what's going to end up happening? No one's going to ever even know what FSR even is. Because by the time we get GPUs that can handle this new technology, we're already on to the next one. <laughs> so yeah, cool feature. Uh, we'll have to see what the details show down the road, but at this time, who cares? We're all just playing older games anyway, because that's all we can play right now, because newer hardware just is unavailable right now. And that's the sad truth. Reports are coming out that Motorola is working on a new version of the Razer. We're actually talking during the main podcast about how one feature that's been missing from smartphones is the ability to just satisfyingly slam it shut. Angrily hang up on whoever it is. So with that, I mean, to see another Razer come out, that's great. That's fantastic. But, 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 but. How much will it cost? The other thing also, of course, is how durable will it be? That's always the big question with these foldable phones. The screen is very fragile. And quite frankly, as much as I just had a nostalgia trip yesterday on the stream, on the podcast, about foldable phones and slamming them shut. Am I really willing to risk the durability of the phone? Especially when you have phones that cost, you know, over a thousand dollars. If I'm going to go ahead and spend over a thousand dollars on a phone that is used both for recreation on the go and as a personal tool for business, I want that device to last a long time. But if the screen can have permanent damage caused of it by just running a fingernail over it the wrong way, what's the point? That is always going to be the biggest entry barrier to these foldable phones. And I don't know what the answer is. I really, really don't. But that's going to be the big elephant in the room. LG is having a, having a new version of the transparent shelf OLED that can display augmented artworks. This kind of device is, um, it's a showpiece. This whole thing is going to be used 
basically to show off. There's no other reason for these. These transparent displays, um, they are really, really cool. All right, I will say that much about them. These transparent displays are awesome. Let's get that right. But, but, it is hard to justify this for the average person. If you got too much money and you just want to show off, I mean, you're going to do what you do. Nothing's going to stop you. Let's be perfectly honest. A business or a corporation, I mean, assuming people actually walk the streets of New York again, which is assuming a lot, by the way, you could totally see transparent displays becoming a thing built into the store windows. But for the average person, you just, it's hard to justify. It really, really is. It's cool technology. I'm very interested to see how others will come up with an idea that's useful for this. But on its face, it's just not very helpful. A data is going to be showing off at CESTM latest versions of its DDR of its GDDR I'm sorry, it's DDR5 RAM modules as well as its PCI Express Gen 5 SSDs. These SSDs are able to reach upwards of 14 gigabytes per second and up to capacities of 8 terabytes. However, they have a problem. They require a built-in fan. Ooh. Now, that being said, this that's not the worst thing in the world. I actually can think of a couple motherboards that if a person was creative enough, they could just go ahead and use the Asus's, uh, what do they call it? M oh, it's, oh man, I forgot what it's called. Dim.2, I think it's called, where they have the M.2 slots on a daughter board that fit in like a RAM slot. If you do that and then have the airflow of the case, make sure it's moving with the, with the dim dot two, you could probably omit the built-in fan and remove that point of failure. No problem. Do something very similar to what you see in server cases. But of course, most people aren't going to do that. And a built-in fan, especially from a company like Adata, ooh, it's going to fail. It's, it's going to fail. 
we're going to get to the point where these SSDs are going to start requiring water cooling. Or we're just going to admit that these crazy high-end SSDs only have a place inside the enterprise market and nowhere else. That is what I really think is going to end up happening. And finally, we have this story. Waymo is partnering with Geely to make electric autonomous vehicles for ride hailing inside the U.S. So Waymo, if you don't remember who they are, is the self-driving division of Google, or actually Alphabet, which is Google. They are now partnering up with a company called Geely, which is a Chinese auto, uh, auto manufacturer. Oh boy, that because when I think of trustworthy engineering in an emerging sector, I think a random no-name Chinese company. Yep, my confidence is through the roof. Waymo is currently not providing any sort of specific time frame on the start of production, but this is a deal that has been made, and we'll just have to see how it how it goes through down the road. I'll just say this much right here. They're saying it's going to launch in Phoenix, Arizona. But, man... I got a bad feeling about this, and I want to be wrong. I really do want to be wrong. Especially when you look at companies like Tesla, who have been at the forefront and they still can't get this down. I want to know. Why Alphabet and a random Chinese startup believe they can crack the code where so many others have failed so far. Please, please Waymo, give me any kind of sign that you do have our best interest at heart. Please tell me you've got, you know, a high level of confidence that this is not gonna result in a loss of life. We're gonna take our break here and we come back. Square Enix. Just, just Square Enix. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, let's take another crack at this. Like I said before, I talked about it on the main podcast, but there have been some details in this letter that I couldn't get to because of time constraints. Well, there's no time slot to fill. There is no specific set of restrictions in place.
it's just you and me letter. Before we go in, I wanted to make a few definitions clear. First off, what is a blockchain? A blockchain is basically a non-centralized way of keeping records. In the cryptocurrency world, miners basically form the blockchain by using their GPUs or ASICs or any other kind of hardware to track the transactions of cryptocurrency on the blockchain. Without the blockchain, cryptocurrency cannot exist. For it is tracking who owns what and verifies everything. It is the only thing giving the fake currency any kind of legitimacy. Without it, it's literally people just saying whatever. NFTs. What is an NFT? An NFT is short for non-fudgeable token. All an NFT is, is a serial number and a link to whatever the digital good the NFT is for. So let's say I went and bought a bad picture of a monkey for way too much money, we'll say $2,000, whatever. All I get is that is the NFT, the token that says whatever face roll set of characters, and then a link to the picture that I now own. The blockchain, the NFTs are then stored on the blockchain, which then tracks who has and who owns that particular serial number and the link. If the source material is gone, if say the source I bought that picture from goes away, my link is dead. And all I have is a serial number and a dead link, meaning that I then own nothing. That's it. The blockchain itself does not store, I wanna stress that, does not store the image or digital good in any way, shape, or form. That is not how NFTs in their current form work. And the last thing I wanted to cover is the metaverse. What is the metaverse? The metaverse is Facebook's new ambitious goal. The concept is basically a VR chat sort of experience that is centralized and run by Facebook, now called Meta. It's the sole reason for their name change. That's it. That's all these buzzwords are. With that, let's get to the letter. A New Year's message from the president. This is specifically from the president of Square Enix. I would like to begin by wishing everyone a happy new year. 
the metaverse was a hot topic in 2021, inspiring a lively global conversation about what the metaverse is and then what sort of business opportunities it presents. Let me interject. Who? You know what people were talking about with the metaverse? People were talking about why? Why is Facebook moving in this direction? That's what the conversation was. The metaverse was not about, oh man, there's so much opportunity here, oh my God. No, it's about what sort of harebrained scheme was Facebook up to? In case you forgot, the order of operations that happened here was Facebook was under scrutiny as whistleblowers were coming out of the woodwork trying to say that they were out censoring everything they could or not censoring enough depending on who you asked. Leaking out information, controlling the flow of information entirely or not controlling it enough depending on who you asked. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, Facebook said, no, we're meta now. Stop looking to do us, please. Okay, thanks. And then people did it. Just a friendly reminder about that. In the end, Facebook's move for creating the metaverse is to try and reimagine what is capable on the web by turning everything into a VR experience because of course they own Oculus and then trying to collect data and then sell everything through that. The goal right now of most major platforms is to create another platform where they control everything and can decide how everything goes down and take a bit of a, a skim a bit off the top of everything. So let's not kid ourselves for a second. The only people talking about this are people who want to cash in quick. The average person, regardless of country, doesn't have access to VR. The cost of entry is still prohibitively high. And most people who want to get in the VR do not want to get in the Oculus way because they're already seeing how much of a walled garden it's becoming and how much of a data mining mo monster it's becoming. The metaverse is right now doomed to fail because people either can see it for the senseless cash cow that it is and the mining horde it's gonna be of mining out every single ounce of data that makes you you and then sell you ads within this virtual world so that not only can you not escape advertising in the real world, but you won't be able to escape advertising in the digital one either. So what's the point? That is the problem with the metaverse. You either have the people who know that or the people who are fine with their data being mined are so, are no offense, 
but are higher in their years and have no interest in trying to learn about this new fangled VR nonsense. But everyone wants to ignore that. They just see the potential for money and want to go for it, not realizing there's not a customer base for this. From a consumer standpoint and a business standpoint, this is a bad plan. But by all means, please go ahead, Square. Please tell me more about how this is a good idea. The letter continues. Against this backdrop, Facebook changed its name in October to Meta, serving as evidence that the concept is not a mere buzzword, but here to stay. Let me interject. No one! <laughs> No one mentioned the word metaverse except outside of like freaking anime or sci-fi films until Facebook changed their name to meta. It is absolutely 100% a buzzword. 100 freaking percent. And just because you went ahead and watched Sword Art Online and hoped that one day it could go ahead and be useful, except, you know, you forgot the whole point that Sword Art Online was the fact that it was a tale of how, of how such great technology can be used for evil. Just because it sounded cool one day doesn't mean that the future is now. The future is absolutely not, not now. The future is in, like, two to three years from now when this technology is actually cheap enough that Joe Schmo can actually afford it. So let's get that straight for starters. And again, it is a buzzword. The letter continues. The meta... The metaverse gamered so much attention it, that 2021 was dubbed the metaverse year. Let me interject. Who? Who called it the metaverse year? You know what? You know what 2021 was? 2021 was the year of inflation and shortages. 2021 was the year of no one being able to get anything they actually wanted because its price went up by double. 2021 was the year of trying to recover from the greatest economic shutdown of our lives because of 2020. 2021 was the year of the absolute complete aftermath of the virus. The metaverse year. Come on. What the heck did you smoke before you read this? This is an, this is an insult. This is absolutely 100% an insult to all of our intelligence. No one is calling it the metaverse year. Get real. The letter continues. I attribute this in large part to the advances in extended reality, XR, technology, the increasing prevalence of the cloud and 5G, more sophisticated blockchain technology, 
and other technological evolutions that have taken place in a variety of fields over the past several years. Let me interject. What? Yes, the Facebook buzzword year is all because of 5G and the cloud. No wonder Yoshi P can't get service for FF14. The freaking president is is just assumes that the cloud just is there and because of it in 5G the world's going to be a better place. I'm stunned. I'm absolutely stunned. 5G, again, is just a better wireless connectivity. And right now, 5G is rolling out fairly quickly. And I'm actually very impressed with the, with the speeds my phone can get when it gets signal. But again, when it gets signal. And actually, you know what my, you know what, you know what 5G basically did for me and my phone? Here's what 5G did. 5G, first off, allowed me to get more text messages from my local pizza place, apparently. And 5G has given me speeds of... After I disconnect from the Wi-Fi. It gives me speeds of... One forty-one. Oh, never mind. It, it crawls back down to to, to one twenty. Up back up to one forty-five. Tops out at one fifty-nine. But upload speeds of five. You know what the best part is about those particular speeds on this 5G network? That upload is so bad, I can't stream off that. I can't reliably stream off that. That's like pushing right up against the limit of what I stream at. My wired connection is still better. And buying into the buzzword of saying, oh, hey, 5G, it's better than your wired connection. Everything's better. Yeah, yeah lol. It's not, not yet. Maybe in some places it is, but those places just need better wired infrastructure then. <laughs> Woo! This guy drank all the Kool-Aid, didn't he? The letter continues. That is because these advances are giving rise to services that fall under the metaverse umbrella. The metaverse will likely see a meaningful transition to a business phase in 2022 with a wide range of services appearing on the scene. As this abstract concept begins to take concrete shape in the form of product and service offerings, I am hoping that it'll bring about changes that have a more substantial impact on our business as well. Let me interject. 
Like what? Seriously, like what? You have high hopes that it'll bring great potential down the road. You run one of the biggest MMORPGs on the planet right now. People literally sign on to Final Fantasy 14 on a daily basis to escape. To go in and live a second life as a cute cat girl. Or a, or a bunny girl or a bunny boy or whatever. People actually go ahead and run cafes within Final Fantasy 14. There's an entire side market of people taking amazing photographs within the game. People spend weeks, months decorating their virtual houses in there. You already have a metaverse. But no, please tell me more. Tell me more about how Facebook's vision of everyone putting on a VR headset and interacting with terrible stuff because their VR headset is absolute hot garbage is the future and how 5G plays a role in this. Please tell me more. He can't though. Cause he's just saying it sounds good. You don't have a clue about what the metaverse that Facebook is showing is, do you? You just see the word NFT get attached to the metaverse, see people spending way too much money because they are being scammed into buying pictures of an ugly monkey that was AI generated And you want a piece of that pie. And you refuse to understand a single bit of it. How do I take this letter as anything but that? As an admission of your own ignorance. You make no sense. And then you admit you have no clue. The letter continues, and this, of course, is the one that got everyone, everyone's feathers ruffled. Another term that gained quick currency in 2021 was NFT, or non-fungible token. The advent of NFTs using blockchain technology significantly increases the liquidity of digital goods, enabling the trading of a variety of such goods at high prices and sparking conversations around over the world. I see 2021 as not, not only as metaverse year one, but also as NFTs year one, given that it was a year in which NFTs were met with a great deal of enthusiasm by a rapidly expanding user base. Let me interject. 
Did you know you already could, in fact, buy digital goods online? I know it's it's kind of shocking, believe it or not. But this podcast right here is the digital good. And if it weren't for the fact that I'm probably going to post it up on YouTube because this rant is actually getting very fevered and I actually need to post some content on YouTube for once. This digital good, this podcast is available for a dollar. In addition to that, getting this podcast for a dollar, you could also get three more podcasts for that dollar. Because it's a subscription of $1 a month for more of my rants. It it is, in fact, a digital good. We can already go and exchange digital goods. There is an entire Discord server with hundreds of artists that showcase their work and then say, Hey, this is digital artwork. It's a digital good. And if you want something custom to your liking, whatever it is, here are my rates. You want to know how long that Discord server has existed? I'm actually not entirely sure, to be perfectly honest. At least since 2019. I think it's actually been around longer than that, to be perfectly honest. It's digital goods. You can exchange money. There's actually multiple different ways to to exchange money, none of which would involve anyone taking a skim off the top other than the payment processor. With an NFT, you have to go ahead and pay a payment process to convert real money into fake money. Watch the value of that fake money fluctuate wildly as, you know, the price is hilariously unstable, then the value can jump anywhere between 1% to 10% in a matter of hours, up or down. And then, of course, after you make the exchange... That then same person has to go ahead and pay another transaction fee to turn that fake money into real money and try to bide their time to go ahead and trade it correctly so that they don't lose a whole lot of their investment in the first place. And then, of course, there's the elephant in the room, the fact that NFTs are used as giant money laundering operations, which is why a lot of these these NFTs are selling for so much money. The fact that cryptocurrency is a way of, of dodging taxes in addition to all of that. 
Uh, yeah. And let's not even get into the giant world of the mass amount of scams that happen. Because, of course, because NFTs and cryptocurrency are both decentralized by their very nature, the only thing that's tracking them, remember, is the, is the blockchain, which is spread across the entire world with redundancies within themselves. There is no central authority to make sure that everything is on the up and up when it comes to NFTs and cryptocurrency. This is the main reason why most people do not trust any kind of cryptocurrency or any kind of NFT. The chance of fraud is sky high. The letter continues. However, we do observe examples here, and I'm sorry, we do observe examples here and there of overheated trading in NFT-based digital goods with somewhat speculative overtones, regardless of the observed value of the <laughs> the observed value of the content provided. This obviously is not an ideal situation, but I expect to see an eventual right sizing in digital good deals as they become more commonplace among the general public. With the value of each available content correcting to their true estimate worth, and I look for them to become as familiar as dealing in physical goods. Again, let me interject. We already do this! I, I don't, I, I just, uh, the fact that this president of Square is putting out this giant word salad when their biggest games have shops that sell more digital goods for the game and then trying to say that NFTs are the way of the future because it normalizes digital sales, it blows me away. What is wrong with you? You have the Final Fantasy 14 Mog Shop. Again, digital goods as far as the eye can see, old promotional items that are no longer available, available for a couple of bucks. It's actually a very reasonable MMO shop. Is it perfect? No. Am I gonna sing its praises? No. But to try and tell me that you need NFTs to normalize digital sales is stupid. Especially when the other, when the other, the other latest Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 15, all it was was an incomplete game that you had to go ahead and buy digital DLC after digital DLC after digital DLC to have an entire game that was duct taped together. Oh, and to boot as far as additional digital goods for it. In order to even get the base concept of the game, I had to go ahead and buy a movie and watch that too. 
because your actual storytelling within the actual game of Final Fantasy 15 was so subpar, you needed a movie to watch first before getting to it. And that still ticks me off. It's no different than what World of Warcraft is doing right now. Putting out a subpar freaking backwards story and tries to go ahead and sell you the answer within books. But no, we need NFTs to normalize the thing we're already doing. It's so incredibly stupid. You know what the best part is? I'm only three paragraphs in. There's still more. The letter continues. To address these changes in our business environment, the medium-term business strategy that we unveiled in May 2020 identified AI, the cloud, and blockchain games as new domains on which we should focus our investments and subsequently, you know what I mean been aggressive in our R&D efforts and investment in those areas. In the AI space, we established Square Enix AI and Arts Alchemy Company. I have to change pictures here. In 2020, to pursue developments, development efforts, in the wider field of entertainment AI, rather than being constrained by traditional concepts of gaming AI. The firm's R&D efforts focus primarily on a natural language processing, world models, and simulation technology. These efforts will help us develop the games that we release into the world and enhance their overall quality, but that's not all. By incorporating the output of these R&D efforts into visual avatars and elsewhere, we plan to apply that output to a wide variety of content and provide the relevant technology to other companies with a view to leverage these R&D efforts across the entire digital entertainment business. So let me interject for a second. The concept of AI and gaming, I think, is actually interesting. If you are an FF14 fan, you just went through. I'm not no spoilers by the way, don't don't worry. You just went through one of the most amazing pieces of storytelling. And it was in an MMO. A game genre that we just assumed for the longest time the story is secondary and playing with other people and facing great challenges is the primary focus. That's what MMOs have been for the longest time. FF14 spun that on its head and said that no, storytelling is the primary focus here. And they did a very good job. They did a very good job, especially in the later expansions, of making you, the hero, actually feel like you really mattered without ever giving you a voice. 
Now imagine if AI put a voice to your character and actually gave more intelligent answers based on what you wanted to say. Think about that for a second. That could have actually had incredible possibilities. It could be very, very impressive. It could be really, really interesting. But of course, the problem here is that we are viewing that kind of technology behind the cloud, which I didn't think I have to explain that buzzword, but all the cloud is are remote servers. That's it. That's all a cloud is. I have a small cloud over my other in my other bedroom, in my spare bedroom. I have my own personal cloud. It's a rack server. It stores the files I use to edit videos. And it has my backups for all my various computers. It is my personal cloud. Guess what? It's older than the term, the cloud. For a guy who wants to say that these aren't mere buzzwords, he's using a lot of buzzwords. We want to research more into the cloud. You have it. You use the cloud right now. Everyone working from home is all saving their info on a centralized server. That's all the cloud is. MF14 has a giant server infrastructure in the background that powers the whole game, powers its world. That is the cloud. AI gaming could be amazing. I'm actually very interested to see where it goes. But again, coming from the guy who just wanted to tell me about how the metaverse isn't a buzzword, when in fact it is, it is a, met, it is a buzzword invented by Facebook. And try to say that NFTs can help, per, can help normalize the sale of digital goods when all, when all Square Enix has been doing for a while has been trying to sell digital goods. It's an insult to my intelligence. But it gets worse. The letter continues. We are exploring potential efforts in the cloud space from two primary perspectives. The first being leveraging cloud technology to, distri to distribute content, and the second being developing content that offers customer new forms of excitement enabled by the cloud's attributes. Let me interject. What on earth did you just say? What on earth kind of freaking word salad was that? The first being leverage, cl leveraging cloud technology to dis distribute content. You already have that. It's called the digital store. 
What is wrong with you? I keep saying that, but what is wrong with you? Although, you know what? Maybe you should look into this more because let me tell you, your online stores are awful. I don't know who they're outsourcing the creation of, of their digital stores to, but they need to stop. The FF14 store is terrible. And the fact that I need to go ahead and enter a enter two different codes for, for my Endwalker expansion at two separate times it is unexcusable. It really is. And I know what the excuse would be. It's just the spaghetti code. It's just the old way of doing things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I know. I know that. That doesn't excuse it. It's still bad. It still shouldn't be that way. But it's what we deal with. And then the second part of this. Offer customers new forms of excitement enabled by the cloud's attributes. Attributes like being always connected. Like being able to sign on to a place and see other people online at a moment's notice. Like you already have done twice with FF11 and FF14. You know, like what an MMO is. Yeah. <sighs> the letter unfortunately continues. More telecommunications infrastructure are being built as exemplified by expanding 5G coverage. Let me interject, breaking news. Telephone companies expand coverage more at 11. I'd certainly hope so. It's their one job other than to milk me for more of my money with, with BS fees. The letter continues. Devices are also making performance gains. As these trends continue, I believe the content we provide will become more accessible, making it more likely that our customers will discover enjoyment as we gain new touch points with them. Leveraging cloud technologies is extremely effective as a means of making our content and services uniformly available as a catalyst for creating new forms of excitement that expand upon the content development capabilities for which we are known as such. We are making ample investments in the cloud space. I don't know. No, let me let, let me interject. I don't know if something was just lost in translation there, but holy cow. Holy cow. I just I think I might be filling up on salad. Again, there's just so much word salad nonsense here that it's just, I am just losing my mind. It's maddening. Completely and utterly maddening. But again, tell me more about 
Whatever the heck that just was. Uh, the letter continues. Lastly is blockchain games. Be they single player or online games, games have traditionally involved a unidirectional flow whereby creators such as ourselves provide a game to the customers that play them. By contrast, blockchain games have emerged from their infancy and are at this very moment entering a growth phase and are built upon the premise of a token economy and therefore hold the potential to enable self-sustaining game growth. The driver that most enables such self-sustaining game growth is diversity, both in how people engage with interactive content like games and in their motivations for doing so. Advances in token economies will likely add further momentum to this trend of diversification. I see the play to earn concept that has people so excited as a prime example of this. Let me interject without screaming into the microphone angrily. What he is describing here with blockchain games are games that have processes run in the background to mine cryptocurrency to support the blockchain. So I'm going ahead. I'm playing. I'm I'm playing FF14. While I'm going ahead, I'm doing whatever, doing my dailies. Burr, 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 burr. But the game is taking six times as many resources as should be because it's powering the blockchain in the background, putting additional strain on my computer, and having my equipment use more power that I'm then paying for. But hey, it's okay because you got that fake money that cryptocurrency that token as a thank you for playing this game and letting us consume your power without your consent because you didn't read the fine print close enough All I can do is just shake my head at this. To say that this is the future, the, the concept of having a game run so, consume so much power in the background to support blockchains, increasing my power consumption, my power bill, and if I'm on a portable device, shortening the life that I'm gonna be able to have using that device. And I do mean that quite literally. Cause I hate to break it to you, batteries have a finite life. Every time I charge it, it can't charge as high every single time. The more I charge it, the less its capacity becomes until it becomes unusable. And now I have a toxic battery that needs to be disposed of properly. But hey, I got that fake currency because that game used six times as much power 
And then, of course, there is the environmental impact. Because more power means that you needed some way to generate that power. Whether it be, you know, in my case, a coal-fired power plant. In other cases, it might be a bit greener with a little bit of wind and a lot more solar. But it still means that, you know, investments need to be made for more solar. And of course, solar's power generation cannot compare to coal, natural gas, nuclear, or whatever. So now more of it's needed. If you're doing it on your own house, this means that the computer that normally would only consume 300 watts now needs 900 in order to play that blockchain game. I'm just making up these numbers, by the way. But I want to stress here, and this is the thing I really want to knock home. This isn't cheap. This isn't just like, hey, it's free money. Mining on a blockchain consumes power because it puts a full load on the component. Video games do not put a full load on a gaming PC. In fact, gaming PCs, when they even get close to a full load, dial themselves back. That's when you start seeing frame losses. That's when you start seeing jitters because you're getting close to a full load. Cryptocurrency mining will put a sustained full load on the PC. That theoretical maximum 1000 watt power supply, you never draw that. You never draw that. You could possibly draw that on a blockchain game because it's mining in the background. That is what it's doing. But the president square here doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about your power bill. He doesn't care about the lifespan of your computer. He doesn't care about the fact that you can't get a graphic card anywhere. And guess what? Because of other professional cryptocurrency miners, the value of a graphic card has gone up three times. And his game, because it's a crypto blockchain game, is shortening the lifespan of your graphic card because it's mining in the background while you're playing the game. Let's not forget any of that. But then, of course, too, as he goes on here to mention that some people play to have fun and others are going to play to earn is just insulting and just shows how out of touch the president of Square Enix is with his business. But the letter continues. I realize that some people who, quote, play to have fun, unquote, and who currently form the majority of players have and who currently form the majority of players have voiced their reservations towards these new trends and understandably so really you understand huh 
then why have you made this letter? It continues. However, I believe that there'll be a certain number of people whose motivation is to play to contribute, by which I mean to help make the game more exciting. <laughs> Let me interject. They already exist! <laughs> oh, actually, I just noticed some things in the letter. I actually just continue, all right? The letter continues, by which I mean to help make the game more exciting. Traditional ga gaming has offered no explicit incentive to this latter group of people who are motivated strictly by such inconsistent personal feelings as goodwill and volunteer spirit. This fact is not unrelated to the limitations of existing UGC or user generated content. UGC has, has been brought into being solely because the individual's desire for self-expression and not because any explicit incentive exists to reward them for their creative efforts. I see this as the one reason that there haven't been as many major game-changing content that were... user generated as one would expect let me interject have you gone on twitter have you looked at the fan art of ff14 There is a huge underline, a huge amount of artwork made for the game. There is a massive underline, massive modding community just to get their characters that they have poured their heart, soul, and, and love into just to make them dress up and in unique poses. They call themselves G-posers. And yeah, a lot of, a, a decent chunk of it is, you know, not safe for work. There's that. There's an economy even around G-posing. We could go ahead, have a professional go, take your model and put it in a unique pose and they do it for commissions. To try and lie to us. And that's what this is. This is lying. To say that there is no incentive for for these user-generated contents to actually exist other than goodwill and volunteer spirit. How soulless can you be? How clueless can you be? It's not because there's a volunteer spirit or it's a goodwill. It's because they actually want to. It's because they actually love the game. It's not because they feel obligated. It's not because they, they volunteer to do it. It is done out of passion for the game. And to say there's no other motivation is ridiculous. There is an entire economy 
based around this sort of stuff. It already exists. And guess what? This moron going ahead and making a blockchain and making a Square Enix cryptocurrency is not going to change the fact that pretty much everyone and their mother who goes ahead and tries to and try to say, hey, use our cryptocurrency instead for these transactions, they're not going to do it. They're just going to keep on going sell. And you know what? The only way you'd get them to force them, the only way you're going to do get them to go with like a crypto sort of thing, to go with a Square Enix token, is by trying to shut down the community. That is the only way it would happen. Guess what? You do that, and this amazing boon you have, this insane, the best Final Fantasy you have ever made in Final Fantasy fourteen, and I, it, it, and it blows me away that I'm saying that the MMO of Final Fantasy is the best Final Fantasy game out there right now. It will die. And you want to know how I know it will? Because that's how Terra died. Terra died because the publishers tried to crack down the community for trying to fix the game. They said that these tools could be used for nefarious purposes. We have to shut it down. And that was it. Overnight, the player base got cut in half, and it just kept trending down after that, and it never recovered. And every single attempt they tried to do to make it recover, never joining back because the game was still broken. They kept trying to bring back old dungeons. It never worked. They tried to revamp the, the opening sequence. It, it made it even worse. MMOs survive because the community backing them actually has passion for the game. And it is that passion that leads to insane and incredible user-generated content. You think Pint made one, probably one of the better comical videos about FF14 solely because he just wanted a payday, payday with his ad? a good chunk of why I did it but the content wouldn't have been good if greed was the sole motivator anything artistic requires passion thoughtless greed gives you just that a thoughtless product and that's why people don't like Final Fantasy 15 Because once you strip away the movie you have to watch in order to get the lore, the moment you strip away the DLC, the moment you strip away the royal package to go ahead and try to fix things that we had to pay extra for, by the way, once you strip that all away, you're left with an incomplete open world game that could have been good 
but it isn't. Because you had to keep paying to fix it. And even when, even when after you pay for all the DLC and whatnot, it still feels incomplete. Because you can tell there's duct tape holding the whole thing together. The letter, unfortunately, continues, but we only have two paragraphs left. However, with advances in token economies, users will be provided with explicit incentive, thereby res resulting not only in greater consistency in their motivation, but also creating a tangible upside to their creative efforts. Let me interject. We already do that. It's called money. It's called ad revenue. We continue. I believe that this will lead to more people devoting themselves to such efforts to greater poss possibilities of game games growing in exciting ways from having fun to earning to contributing. A wide variety of motivations will inspire people to engage with games and connect to one another. It is blockchain-based tokens that will enable this. Yes, blockchain are going to bind us all. Not the Discord of all the people I communicate with. Not Twitter. Not my own Twitch stream. Nah, nah, none of that. It's the blockchain and fake money that puts extra strain on my equipment to run. That's what's going to bind us all together. <sighs> the letter continues. By designing viable token economies into our games, we will enable self-sustaining game growth. It's precisely this sort of ecosystem that lies at the heart of what I refer to as decentralized gaming. And I hope that this becomes a major trend in gaming going forward. Let me interject. Decentralized gaming. I can't. I need to swear. I need to swear, but I'll bleep it out. Are you f***ing kidding me? Really? You have the f***ing balls to try and tell me that this is decentralized gaming. What's going on with Evan 14 right now is decentralized gaming the actual game itself might be centralized on the servers themselves but the actual community the actual economy of which everyone is exchanging goods actually going ahead and sharing creative works actually going out and sharing their ideas on how to tackle challenges that actually is decentralized gaming what you are suggesting right now with your absolute bullshit is 
trying to take a decentralized concept and centralizing it. You are trying to take us all into your closed economy, your freaking stupid fake fucking money with your fucking blockchain, your fucking fake cryptocurrency that you force people to do by playing the game or else don't come and say, hey, You want to go create for the game? You got to go ahead and use it in our f***ing controlled ecosystem that we are in undoubtedly going to go ahead and take a cut off the top ourselves. Or you know, they just won't because by the very nature of the blockchain, they can just exchange money with, the, with each other without going through your stupid, stupid, inevitable, freaking centralized place to go ahead and skim money off the top. F you. The fact you have the balls to try and claim what you're, what you're proposing is decentralized gaming is an insult and just proves you don't understand anything about what is blockchain. You don't understand what the sole purpose of NFTs and cryptocurrency is from the get-go. You are nothing but a giant bag of buzzwords. And the fact that you want to try and claim you can see the future is an absolute, and I know I've said this multiple times in this entire hour-long rant, it is a complete insult to me and everyone else that, that actually went ahead and made themselves suffer by reading your stupid fucking dreck. But I said I'm going to read the whole thing. So it continues. If we refer to the one way one if we refer to the one way relationship where game players and game providers are linked by games that are finished products as centralized gaming. To contrast it with decentralized gaming, then incorporating decentralized games into our portfolio in addition to centralized games will be a major strategic theme for us starting in 2022. Name one finished game that Square Enix has released. Name one. In recent history. Every game as of recently has been unfinished. because they go back and add more. That is what DLC is. We can argue that FF15 is finished. I would argue that it's a mess. It is a mess that we tolerate. And actually, if you're willing to go ahead and not be frustrated by reading an absolute bullshit letter, you can actually have a fairly decent time. 
there is a playable game in FF15, but it's not a finished game. It is not a well-polished game. It is a game held together with duct tape. But you know what? You can still have fun throwing a roll, a roll of duct tape around to your friends. You can have fun with anything. But you want to try and tell me that having games mine cryptocurrency in the background is going to be better than finished games is an insult. It really, truly is. <sighs> the letter continues. The basic and elemental technologies to enable blockchain games already exists, and there has been an increase in salt in societal literacy and acceptance of crypto assets in the past few years. We will keep a close eye on the societal shifts in this space while listening to many groups of users that populate it and ramp up our efforts to develop a business a business accordingly with an eye to potentially issuing our own tokens in the future. Read my lips. No. I absolutely, completely, do not, under any circumstances, want a game like Final Fantasy XIV to be able to consume so much of my computer's resources that I can't do anything on the side. I have no desire to go ahead and support the existence of a cryptocurrency that is held by a central company for the sole purpose of digital goods being bought with this same fake currency that can't decide what its value is. I refuse, I underline completely and utterly refuse to see what happened to the economy of World of Warcraft by basically allowing all of the in-game currency to de facto be worth a real life monetary value because you can just exchange the WoW token for in-game gold and the WoW token is bought for, what is it, 35 bucks? I refuse to allow that to become the future of gaming. I absolutely refuse to allow any sort of game that I use it as an escape from my already stressful life to basically become work. And that's what this is going to end up becoming. Because once anything I do in FF14 is then evaluated as to how much actual real life money it's worth, it is no longer an escape from reality. It is no longer a way for me to talk to friends. It is no longer just a chillax place to go. It is then a second job. I already have a second job. It's streaming. It's making this podcast. I don't need playing an MMO or playing worse, a single player game for the sole purpose of collecting a fake currency to then put more strain on my gear to become my second job. Absolutely not. 
There is one more paragraph. The letter continues. Our lifestyles have changed, and we are learning to coexist with COVID-19. Against that backdrop, I believe that the new technologies and concepts that I have discussed and the changes that they bring to our business environment will provide us with numerous opportunities to enrich people's lives through digital entertainment, which is at the core of our business. This at the same time means that we are seeing the beginnings of further leaps forward for our business. We remain committed to creating, developing, and providing world-class content, and we will con contribute and we will contribute to the happiness of society and its people by offering new forms of excitement. And then it is signed by Yosuke Matsuda, President and Representative Director of Square Enix Holdings Incorporated. I apologize in advance if I... Well, actually, I apologize after the fact if I mispronounce his name. Japanese is not my first language. And it's not any of my other languages. Because I only speak English. To try and tell us... To embrace playing to earn... And then having the balls at the end to say that we want to contribute to the happiness of society and its people. F*** you. That's all it's going to summarize too. But I hope within this hour plus that I have laid my groundwork as to why. I hate this. I hate this letter. I hate everything that rep that is represented in this letter. To try and take the good thing you have going here and say that you need to go ahead and embrace decentralized concepts for the sole purpose of creating an ecosystem that you can skim off the top of. And that's what's going to end up being. Don't try to tell me otherwise. Why else would you do it? Is an insult to both what cryptocurrency stands for, which I already disagree with, and what Final Fantasy and every other game that Square Enix has made also stands for. Of course, the memes that came from this letter, obviously then going towards while using Barrett from Final Fantasy VII as the groundwork for, uh, for all of it, where if you forgot, uh, Final Fantasy VII had um, the company Shinra, a power company that was, quote, bleeding the planet dry for the sole purpose of, uh, their, of lining their own pockets. What do you think cryptocurrency is doing? You're consuming power to support a currency that you're then selling for actual profit. The blockchain just existing consumes power. It is always consuming power. 
by holding any amount of cryptocurrency, by holding any NFT, the blockchain is working to track who owns it. The 40 bucks in my wallet is consuming no energy by it just sitting there. None. Zip. Zero. Nada. The amount of how out of touch President Yosuke is. Or pre- how is it? Is it is it President Yosuke? Is it President uh, Matsuda? The amount of out of touch that is, that the president of Square Enix is is an insult to me. It is an insult to my community. It is an insult to every Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and and any other game that Square Enix makes is an insult to every single one of them. You have a good thing going here right now. Embracing this nonsense, it's gonna ruin it. That's gonna do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. I know I'm going to be putting this on YouTube, so I'll just go ahead and say it right here. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast, and you can check it out at anchor.fm slash eagle eyes on tech. And there's a daily podcast, the early burb briefing BIRB at anchor.fm slash early burb BIRB briefing. And you can check my Twitch page, Twitch tv slash eagle falcon take care and i hope you have a great day Nightmare.